reading these Proverbs can feel like drinking from a fire hose. Now, I'm not sure who first coined that phrase, drinking from a fire hose, but it's memorable enough of a line that it certainly came to mind as I was reading these scriptures along with you as part of the Bible project. I guess that's the power of a pithy, memorable phrase. It doesn't matter where it came from or the original context behind it. It doesn't matter what the phrase drinking from a fire hose was originally intended to mean. What I know is that in this case, in this particular context, it's true. That's how we have to read these Proverbs. We have to read them in a way that is very different from just about every other scripture in the Bible. You know, often when we read other parts of the Bible, we automatically ask questions like, what is the backstory behind this passage? What's going on here? Who's the audience? What's the background? The thing about Proverbs is it gives us none of that information. That's what makes them harder to understand, but that also is what makes them so powerful and so applicable, especially right now for you and me. Because here's the deal. Unlike other Bible verses where, where we look for the backstory in order to discover the truth in that verse, Proverbs flips that around. We take the truth of the proverb and we become the story that lives out that truth. Here's an example. Now, on this Father's Day, when we take some time to remember and celebrate our fathers and father figures in our lives, I give thanks for my dad. To this day, he is a constant source of wisdom and guidance for me. And one of the phrases that he taught me early in my childhood is, think first. Think first. I don't remember when he first told me that line. I couldn't tell you if he said it to me after I accidentally put a crack in the living room wall or, or, or touched a hot stove or put a dent in the car. All of those things happened, by the way. But it doesn't matter the exact situation in which my dad first told me to think first. All I know is I haven't forgotten it. Think before you speak. Think before you act. Consider the consequences, because if you don't, that's when accidents happen. The wisdom of my father's saying is not found in the backstory behind it. It's in the way I find it true in the stories that I live out today. I think, I think that's how we are meant to approach Proverbs. So I hope, I hope you had a chance to listen to our Bible Project podcast from two weeks ago when Dr. Ann Stewart of Princeton Theological Seminary gave some really helpful advice on how to read the Proverbs. She suggested that, that we, don't, we don't try to read them in large batches in, in one gulp setting, but to take our time with them. And in many cases, to find the one proverb, just, just one, that speaks to us, each, each of us, on any particular day. I think that's helpful. As you, as you heard the Nichols family read the ones from Proverbs 16 today, my hunch is there is at least one that you can focus on for today that directly connects with what you're going through in the moment. Maybe, maybe it's the proverb about being loyal in verse 6, or the one about economic justice in verse 8, or the one about 
pride and, and humility in verse 18. There's at least one proverb somewhere in the over 500 in this book that has something to tell you every day, including for me today. In fact, there is one from this morning's passage that really hit me, and it may resonate with you. It's from verses 1 to 3 of the passage. Here it is again. The plans of the mind belong to mortals, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All of one's ways may be pure in one's own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And then from verse 9, the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Now, we don't know what the backstory is behind these verses, but we sure do know the backstory behind what's happening today as we read those verses. As I speak with many of you about how you're doing, and as I reflect on what's going on in my own spirit, the overwhelming sense that I get is that we are all trying really hard right now, trying really hard. Many of us are struggling with the plight of the economy. Others are restless to reclaim some sense of a summer break. Most of us are worried about what the fall will look like in our schools, in our businesses, in our homes. We are trying really hard. Someone said to me this past week, you know, at first, when I began having to work from home, it was great. I spent more time with my family. We were always home together for meals. I saved a lot of time not having to commute. But then he said this, but now I realize I'm working harder than I ever had before. For some of us, we're trying really hard to figure out what is best for our health and for the health of those around us. As society begins to reopen at the same time that COVID cases are surging all around us, we are trying really hard to figure out what is best for our physical health on the one hand and our desire for sanity and normalcy on the other. We're trying really hard. And in the wake of George Floyd's death and, and more recent evidence of racial injustice in our country, I know many of us are trying really hard to explore our own prejudice and, and claim a voice against racism and, and be part of the, the critical and challenging dialogue around the words that we use and the actions we take. I, I know it's very hard. We're all trying really hard, including here at the church. I want to thank those of you who have reached out personally to me and the staff and the, the lay leadership of the church giving us encouragement along the way. You know, as, we, as we wrestle over what is safest and best in the way we do the work of the church and how and when to resume on-site ministries and how to be a witness for racial justice and how to nurture your sense of connection to one another, thank you for recognizing that, that these questions are not easy and that we really are doing our best. You and I, all of us, are trying really hard right now. And I guess, I guess that's why of the 500-some Proverbs that we've been reading, these ones in Proverbs 16 are the ones that stand out to me in the moment because they talk about the difficulty in making plans on the one hand and the importance of being humble 
on the other. When you find it most difficult to make plans in your life, that's when you need the most humility. Verse one, the plans of the mind belong to mortals, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I think that means that when our minds are trying really hard and we stir and stir and wrestle over what is best to do in the moment, it's all the more reason to make sure that what comes off our tongue and out of our mouths is, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. Verse three, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, often when we make plans and ask God to bless them, that's actually backwards. The first step is to commit ourselves to God and then the plans that follow are always blessed by God. Get your heart right and the plans will follow. And then verse nine, the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Sometimes the best thing to do is is the only thing you can do. Take it one step at a time. Do your very best, one step at a time. When God shows you the next step, take it. Don't worry about step two or three or, or what 10 will be, because when the time is right, God will show you the next step to take. One final word about my father. He gave me my very first Bible. I was about six years old when he presented to me a a beautiful bonded leather King James Bible. I certainly wasn't old enough to read all of it or understand it, but he knew that over time, its truths would not only be revealed, but would be lived out into the backstory of my own life. So he inscribed some special words in the front page. Dearest McGray, may you make his words in this holy book your guide in life from this day and here on. And then he quoted a proverb. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, as many of you know. And for me, that is the backstory of that text. And it always will be. Every morning, you wake up faced with the uncertainties of the day. As you shake yourself from sleep, you will try to gird yourself with the determination and diligence to try really hard to do your best and to make plans. Those are all really good things to do. But just add one more. Start your day with humility before God. Just say, God, I need you today. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that when the time is right, you'll show me. And I promise you this, God, I will do my best. I will not seek glory for myself. I will trust you with all my heart. For the closing prayer, I'd like to offer a prayer by one of my favorite writers of all time. John Bailey, the great 20th century Scottish preacher. His book, A A Diary of Private Prayer, is one of my most cherished gifts from a spiritual mentor of mine. And this prayer in particular is called Continued Dependence on You. I'll read it. And then toward the end, we'll put the last paragraph of the prayer on the screen. And I'll invite you to speak the words aloud with me. 
right there where you are. Let's pray. Oh God, my creator and redeemer, I may not go forth today except you accompany me with your blessing. Let not the vigor and freshness of the morning or the glow of good health or the present prosperity of my undertakings deceive me into a false reliance on my own strength. All these good gifts have come to me from you. They were yours to give and they are yours also to curtail. They are not mine to keep. I do but hold them in trust and only in continued dependence on you, the giver, can they be worthily enjoyed. Let me put back into your hand all that you have given me, rededicating to your service all the powers of my mind and body, all my worldly goods, all my influence with others. All these, O oh Father, are yours to use as you will. All these are yours, O oh Christ. All these are yours, O oh Holy Spirit. And now will you join me? Speak in my words today. Think in my thoughts and work in all my deeds. And seeing that it is your gracious will to make use even of such a weak human instruments in the fulfillment of your mighty purpose for this world, let my life today be the channel through which some little portion of your divine love and pity may reach the lives that are nearest to my own. In your solemn presence, O God, I remember all my friends and neighbors, my fellow townsfolk, and especially the poor within our gates, beseeching you that you would give me grace, so far as in me lies, to serve them in your name. Amen.